one of the things I always notice this time of year is people start to get worried. I'll notice like a collective worry in the wedding filmmaking community. People who are like, um, are you not getting leads? Um, I think probably the biggest misconception is that if I do really good work and I put all of my emphasis into creating this artistic piece that's fantastic, that's just really well put together, that it will automatically make the phone ring. And that's not always the case, right? It's like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Exactly. It's, that's a great way to say it, actually. <laughs> it's like that's most people's business. It's yes. the proverbial tree in the forest. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wedding Film School show. We have another banger for you guys today. I'm here again with Mr. Jason McCutcheon. What's up, Jay? How was your week? My week has been good. Uh, a couple weddings this weekend uh, in actually really cold temperatures. It, <laughs> it was, was like, so cold. Yeah. I shot on you, were in, you were in Boston. Yeah, it was like six degrees where I was. Yeah. I was in upstate Vermont, which it was negative eight degrees up there. <laughs> I was doing a photo wedding in the mountains and uh, yeah, it was brutal. Got really good images though. The couple was uh, native Vermonters, so they were down. They were like, whatever. Yeah, they're like, this is Saturday. <laughs> we did a first look in the, in the, like the groom's like, okay, all right, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Those whiny city Boston people. Uh, um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I had a good weekend as well. Beautiful cool. wedding, but um, yeah, so I'm excited about being here today because we're talking about a topic I really love. Well, I, I think it's a topic that is really important for people right now that we are in the middle of booking season. Um, today we're going to be talking about generating more leads and ultimately generating more bookings for your wedding film business. Really specifically, we're talking about different market segments too. Right. Because when we think about lead generation and especially in the wedding space, there's really some very distinct markets and every single one has a different approach. So we're gonna kind of get into that today. But before we do that, I wanted to let you guys know if you are planning going to Vegas, um, you should come and hang out with us because we're gonna be there. But also we have two classes that we're gonna be um, teaching. One about um, handheld filmmaking basics. This is a hands-on thing, me, Bobby. You didn't say WPPI. Yeah, I did. You, you said oh, if you're yeah, going to be hanging yeah. out with us in Vegas. Yeah, sorry. Wah, wah, wah. Yep. But before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about something that's going on in Vegas um, coming up in the very end of February, the 28th, all the way to the 3rd of March, um, which is WPPI. If you've never been, it's a huge conference for filmmakers and mainly photographers, but in the they're all in the wedding space for the most part. Lots of classes, cool galas, hangouts, all this stuff really a cool show that you can go check out with all kinds of gear and stuff but we're going to be there hanging out so of course come hang out with us and also we are going to be teaching two classes a photo walk which is handheld filmmaking basics bobby jared and i are going to be kind of showing you some tips for making films handheld which is all the rage um some do's and some don'ts and some th ways that you can shoot handheld that i think Especially if you're new to it, I think it's really good. But even if you're, maybe you can teach a, a few old dogs some new tricks. And then of course, the thing that Jared and I love, we're talking about sustainable systems for your business and how you can use systems and build around that um, to really actually make your business a lot more sustainable. So if you're interested, head over to weddingfilm.school forward slash WPPI. There's a little promo code on there. 
Um, and I really, really want to hang out with you. We're also going to be putting on an exclusive event for wedding filmmakers while we're there. Um, and so if you sign up, um, definitely keep your ears peeled because we're going to be promoting that event and it's going to be very limited tickets. They are going to be free, but it's going to be limited attendance. So we want to see you there. So that's my promotion. That's what we got going. Head over weddingfilm.school forward slash WPPI and sign up today. Cool. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just mention before we really hop into the episode, uh, WPPI is awesome. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to uh, meet some of maybe your idols in the wedding film kind of community. Um, plenty of people. Jordan Bunch is my idol. Yeah, of course. Um, a lot of people usually show up um, for, I think, the, the wedding film uh, competition, um, which is really fun. I think the first couple of years we went, um, I learned a lot. And yeah. it's just a, a place where you can get a source of inspiration. And then also just hang out. It's a great time for you to meet other photographers. Um, potentially expand your business if you're looking to get into some destination work and um, you know have some people who are going to be teaching there um, just kind of elevating your business in general I think it's a great way to do that and uh, the uh, wedding film school speakeasy is a ton of fun like we did that last year it was blast. Um, and it was honestly the highlight of the trip for me like meeting people that listen to the show and uh, just wanted to come and you can submit out. your film Yep. Yeah, I think there's probably still time. Yep. Um, yep. So submit your film. I'm going to be a judge this year in the film competition, so yep. I will be roasting you. So. There's a, probably by the time this airs, there's a couple days to submit your film. So do that. It has to be under five minutes. It can't have logos in it. So you might have to do Go a little read bit the of rules. Work. Go read the rules. Um, but uh, definitely worth checking out and just getting your film seen. I think it's like $75 to submit. Yeah, yeah, it's cheap. Um, but. Uh, Good news again is the wedding uh, film school speakeasy is free 99. So show up, sign up when we uh, announce the details on that. So awesome. So let's talk about our topic today. So I, one of the things I always notice this time of year is people start to get worried. I'll notice like a collective worry in the wedding filmmaking community. People who are like, um, are you not getting leads? I'm not getting leads. I'm getting leads. And like everyone's in all these different places and people are nervous and for good reason um i think it's some crazy amount of the percentage of weddings get booked from like january to february like i, I think everywhere in the nation this is booking season in, in the united states at least um right after christmas i know for us that's often the case january february we we book tons of weddings um so i just figured it'd be a good time to talk about sales and marketing and really why some people might not be seeing the sales marketing leads results that they might be wanting um, some of the things that we've experienced and then really how we kind of see um, selling and marketing weddings um, and we think it's important for you guys to know like we've talked about a couple times on the show we have three different brands that market to three different segments of the market or of the wedding world we have merriment films which is I would call high access brand. Um, it's probably 2,500 average sale. And then we have Stop Go Love, which is probably $5,200 average sale, maybe more now, I'm not sure. And then we have Huxley Film, which is kind of just getting going and that's probably close to averaging $10,000 on an average sale. And so we have a little experience, we're not infinitely successful at them all, but of marketing to a lot of different segments plus we grew our own brand from nothing so kind of we wanted to talk to you guys about based on our experience but also um just some of the theories i think that have helped us 
grow our companies and book consistently. So yeah. 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 And, and the reason why I think we are picking this topic to talk about today, because, you know, I think it is the season for it, as Jay mentioned, and um, that collective worry is real, no matter what stage of, you know, your film career you're in. Like I talk to people who are charging $8,000 a wedding, $10,000 a wedding, and they're like, you know, my year isn't as crazy as I thought it would be. Um, all the way down to people charging $1,500 and being like, the phone is not ringing at all. Like, and then you look at their work and you're like, they're really good. Yeah. Why isn't this yeah. working for them? What do you think one of the biggest misconceptions those people might have? Right. Um, I think probably the biggest misconception is that if I do really good work and I put all of my emphasis into creating this artistic piece that's fantastic, that's just really well put together, that it will automatically make the phone ring. And that's not always the case, right? Yeah, it's pretty much doesn't actually, it's like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Exactly. It's, that's a great way to say it, actually. <laughs> it's like, that's most people's business. It's yes. the proverbial tree in the forest. Yep. Falling down, making no impact, doesn't matter. Right. Because no one's watching it. And so I think we have an aversion as creatives to just really basic marketing. Like most people, they think it's it's like a dirty word lead generation sales like many of you guys hate those parts of your business um you know and i get it i understand where they're coming from but I, it is interesting when you see so many people when it comes to their business and what they're doing like are seemingly trapped like their business is in like quicksand they've been selling the same amount of weddings forever and every year they do the same thing and every time jared i end up asking them what are you doing their answer is basically, oh, it's all referrals. That's to me the biggest misconception people have is that a lot of referrals is a really good thing, which I mean, it is like that's important. If no one who you work with previously refers you, that's bad. It means you sucked. Yeah. You either were, did a bad job or they hated working with you. Um, but that being said, if that represents 80% of your bookings are off referrals, um, I don't know, that scares me. I would not like that as a business. And a lot of people do, I, to me, it's like the good work misconception and the I don't need anything about referrals misconception are like the two like kisses of death. Um, because what happens with those is when the leads dry up, they go like that. By the way, if you're watching this <laughs> on the members only YouTube, uh, our lighting we were we went dark and moody today <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're kind of having fun while our studio is under construction we're having fun with uh how wonky our setup is and literally how <laughs> like they're painting in here tomorrow so we were like okay uh we need it to be clear but we also need to record a podcast so we'll just set something up really quick so we we went with something really two spotlights on each of our faces i would say today's setup is pretty avant-garde so yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's totally watching, worth the youtube subscription yeah <laughs> so head over there become a member of the wedding film school channel exactly. but yeah i think those are the two big misconceptions i see well yeah diversity is always a good thing right when it comes to um generating leads for your business um and i would say the same thing with if you are just booking all of your weddings through Instagram or through, you know, uh, the knot even, you know, um, don't 
put all your eggs in one basket. Don't, you know, build your business off of a rented channel because the knot could dry up in no time. They, they could, could just change some algorithm and your leads are all gone. Or um, someone better overnight. than you or, the, or pays more attention to their profile or gotcha. who knows them, yeah. anything. Exactly. So diversity is always a good thing. So I think that's a good place for us to kind of hop into maybe some of where our leads come yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't um, we kind of, what we're going to do, um, like, because we can only speak about our business. Right. So our business is what it is. And so if you think it's unrelatable, then sorry. Just imagine that this is your whole year, our one month. Yeah. Um, and but it is what it is. But we're not doing it to brag. Um, I don't mind bragging, by the way, because I think we do a good job. So if you're offended by bragging, then sorry. But what I am trying to do is just communicate um, with realistic, real numbers. Right. And, and the thing I like about this is we have a, a there's a lot of data, right? Yes, good, like, the, good, data. Really good data. And, and so, you know, it's not just um, we're not just a uh, 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 flash in the pan like, you know, hey, we did a lot this month. Like we our numbers are pretty consistent. Even over just COVID. one twenty thousand dollar wedding. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like our numbers are very consistent year over year um, as far as how many weddings we're typically booking. COVID kind of threw us a little bit of a screwball, but we're figuring out kind of what numbers are um, so that we can project and all these things that are, are pretty great. But we have a good um, good data source uh, and, and, and good kind of base on what we're doing. So. so why don't we go through our numbers just to get this conversation started because I think it's important to um, – just get some data behind what we're talking about. And what I like about our numbers, even though I think you might hear it and go, oh, that's really big. Some of our one months are the size of someone's entire year. And I, I think in terms of concepts, that's a good place to look because what you're gonna see is some of the similar concepts working themselves out and like high speed. Um, so why don't we talk about January, 2022 so far for us. And this is from the very beginning of January 2022 guys it's not it's yeah this, this is this is New Year's Day to we're recording this on January 19th 2022 um, since the beginning of the month we've had 128 leads that is people straight up on our website that filled out the form um, this doesn't include people that reached out on the knot there's some overlap there uh, but people that reach out on the knot, people that reach out on WeddingWire or Zola or Left Story CV or all these other sources that can you can consider like a net. Um, I think in general, um, after considering direct emails even uh, from wedding planners, we're probably looking at 140 leads since yes. the very beginning of the month. Yep. And so what we like to look at when we look at our leads is um, really, and everyone should be looking at these couple things. When you first get a lead, first of all, where is it from? Yeah. And if you're not tracking that, turn this off. You don't need to listen anymore. Just start doing that for a month and <laughs> then we can talk. Because if you're not tracking your lead sources, you are not doing like the basic bare minimum to serve your business. You can't, you cannot treat every single lead source the same. You might have the same exact sales script. You might have, but you got to know, like you should expect at least different results yeah. from each lead source. So you, we you, have a couple lead sources. You're not going to be able to do anything as far as projecting, trying to solve this problem of getting more leads. Like if you're like sitting there and you're like, I, the phone won't ring, like and no one's reaching out, uh, but you haven't kept track of the people who have reached out and like, hey, who are the people reaching out? 
that usually are successful, you know, and I end up booking, who are the people that are reaching out that just disappear right away, keeping track of those kinds of people, like you're not doing your business any service. Like you're not taking your leads that seriously. You're you not doing enough to ever yeah. fix the problem, but you need to. Right. So in terms of our lead sources, we have a couple, I'll get specific. We have the wedding wire, which is not many, but we have wedding wire, we have vendor referrals, we have unknown, which is a sucky category, but it does happen sometimes, um, where they just refuse to answer the question. Um, the not, we have our website. We have other, which I don't know what that is. Um, we have Instagram, we have Google, we have Facebook, we have client referral. We've gotten leads from every single one of those sources this month, which is a lot. Like most people probably have one or two lead sources. Yep, yep. You know, and, and I think it is important to not just keep track of like, oh, this is a vendor referral versus a client referral versus paid marketing, like, but really um, dive deep. That's how you're going to find um, if your marketing is working for you in specific areas. Yeah. You so, want to be as granular again, as you possibly can. Keep track of these Very things. specific. So I, we have, in terms of the breakdown, I would like 32 vendor referrals. Um out of our unknown category, which always bothers me. Every time it's like unknown, I'm like, how can I convince them? How can I convince them to sign, the, tell me where they came from? Um, and they won't always, you'll never, we have 20 of those, 27 the not, one person from our website. So th those of you for SEO, not looking so good for you guys. Well, that's also, a t of course, they found us on our website. <laughs> so they're <laughs> filling it out. It's just, yeah. I well, don't, it's null to me. <laughs> yeah, it could be Google. Who knows? Four other, which could be like Zola or, you know, Love Stories TV or any of the other places. 14 Instagram, which I'm always surprised that anyone finds us on Instagram based on how crappy of a job we do on there. But I guess we do a good job. Right. And, and a lot of these are going to be combinations. Like they find you in one spot and then they see you in another spot and they're just going to Yeah, we are not assuming they on just Instagram. only found you there. We're assuming they saw us in like three or four right. places. This is what they chose to answer. That made the biggest impact on them. Yeah. Google, we have 15. Facebook, we have two. Client referral. And this is what I think is interesting. And this is what I was going to, I ended here because I wanted to point out. Client referral is 10. Why did I say you can't treat them all the same? I said that because when I look at Facebook, I see two Facebook leads. I don't expect to book either of those. I would expect to need like 20 Facebook leads to book a Facebook lead, right? Right. Client referrals, I bet we book, hack, book sorry, client referrals, I bet we book half of those. Right, right. Right, vendor referrals, I bet we book half of those. Yep. Right, every lead source is not created equal. And, and some people might look and go like, well, you know, I only want to be on the best ones. So I guess I would say this, Jared, why is it so important to have your so many, at least for us, to have so many lead sources? You're on the phone with all these people. Um, why do you think it works to our advantage to have so many people coming from so many different places? Right. And, and you're coming from the perspective of like, if someone's like, hey, if vendor referrals are a much higher close rate, Yep. And, and client referrals are much, why don't I just go for all that? Why do I even need marketing? Which is a lot of people's mentality, right? Yeah. You're asking why we view actual marketing and kind of pay yeah, for Yeah, why am I willing to, to deal with a 10% right. close rate and a 20% close rate when I know I got a 50% close yeah. rate? So this is what I would say is your marketing snowballs into vendor referrals and client referrals. Yes. So you have to have that fresh meat 
like that's great. Vendor referrals are great if you you know shoot a, a film for a member of Alpha Kappa Bravo. <laughs> yeah, from whatever your college is. Yeah. Uh, Great, but eventually that dries up, right? Everyone gets married or divorced, and and you know, uh, and and you know those are going to dry out eventually, um, or or you marry like the brother and then the two sisters, and then there's no one else to get married, so you're you're completely dried out there. Yeah, it's the same thing that happens to people who join a MLM and they're trying to sell everyone Lululemon pants or whatever the crap. Right. It's like eventually you're out of people to sell dumb knives to. You need the fresh meat. And, and to me, you know, spending a little bit of money on marketing um, is going to get you those fresh leads. Um, we're going to dive into like, uh, you know, a bunch of different kind of tiers of, of weddings and a bunch of different markets um, because I do think it becomes, you know, kind of different who you're trying to like go get. Um, but I think we're, we've always seen that as like we need fresh, you know, people coming in so we can get the referrals from them eventually. And so I, I do think, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. We had, um, like you mentioned, vendor referrals were 32 and then client referrals were 10. Um, and that brings us to 42 out of 140 leads that are, you know, it's probably a little bit higher. Let's just say 50 of our, you know, leads this last month of the mm -hmm. 140 were referrals. That's a third, our booking rate on those referrals is probably like 60, 70%. Oh, it's really high. So way higher. Um, so like you said, you know, not all these kind of leads are, are seen as, um, you know, as equal. Um, but I think you just have to have that fresh well, meat Well, think of in. it this way. A person who we get from the knot becomes a referral. Exactly. That's, that's you might end up working with a planner you've never worked with. If it's, like, you know, it's like the key with networking is getting to know people that you haven't previously known. Mm -hmm. You have to always be expanding your professional network. Right. You have to be expanding it with clients and with people you work with. Yeah. And the best way to do it, the easiest way to do it, especially in most markets, until you get to that ultra luxury market, right. it's perfectly fine to be, you can work in some really great weddings from the knot. Right. And, and again, we're going to dive into kind of that progression of like, you know, you see a lot of people as they, they keep on, you know, upgrading their gear and upgrading their game, they start charging more, they start doing less weddings. I think that's kind of a natural progression for a lot of filmmakers. Like, Hey, I used to do 30 weddings at two and a half thousand dollars. Now I'm doing 10 weddings at 10 grand. Like, great. Awesome. Um, however, you got to know that that person, if you're charging 10 grand, you're probably not just getting client referrals you probably just have a relationship a lot with of people have very short memories i think <laughs> right. when they're telling other people they should raise their prices right right it's if like, you just raise your prices without those relationships you know you're not going to go anywhere um you have to have enough people in your pipeline that a lot of them can say no right. and i'll make an example of it right now now we will book more but out of those 150 people i think we've only booked two of them right now yes right now now we'll book a lot of it them. takes Typically, it takes about a month, I think, for a person to book. Like, I actually talked to a person. They reached out last week. We talked on Monday. Uh, I sent them um, information. They decided they wanted to book today. They asked for a contract. They signed today. Like, but that's like a week and a half from opening, you know, the the project to closing them. A week and a half. And that was fast. That's yeah, a fast time, time to close is, a, is long, but yeah. it's also like... Well, out of those 127, I would expect 
maximum to book 20? Probably 20. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we took our prices off the website recently. So that just means we get a lot more people reaching out because they like the work, which is a good sign. Um, but then they see the prices and they're like, mm, nope, <laughs> it's, you know, I can't afford $6,000, um, which is totally understandable. Um, so yeah, I think, um, you definitely need to kind of consider, um, yeah, your approach there for sure. Yeah. So the other thing, what I want to talk about now is four real, like, and I guess there's five, but one of them we're kind of going to be like, meh. Yeah. Four real types of leads that you're probably dealing with and, and maybe how they differ. And I'll get the one that we're not going to talk about out of the way and not because we think it's not valid, but because in our opinion, we haven't had a, a we actually haven't had a ton of experience with it, which is 1500 sub that market. Right. If you have those, those, that lead that's coming in, who's looking to spend under $1,500. And, and all of these weddings, by the way, I think you can categorize them as not just how much they're willing to spend on a videographer, but how much money they're spending on the wedding overall. Generally, what we've found is that most people are going to spend about 5% of their budget on a wedding filmmaker, right? We actually think more about the total spend of weddings than we do about their spend on us. Exactly. Because it's more interesting to me to be at a high priced wedding than even to get paid a lot. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm at a high priced wedding with a high priced wedding planner, there are more leads to come. Mm -hmm. yep. And I'm reliably generating uh, business for myself. But anyway, these four groups of people, one of them, like I said, is this group of people, Sub pretty much all will B to C, which is business to customer sales. It's always the bride or the groom reaching out directly, probably. Um, they probably don't have a planner. Maybe they have a day of coordinator, like a campground or yeah. wherever they're getting married. We don't have a lot of experience with those weddings. Those I, I think a lot of these people are coming from Craigslist, are coming from uh, potentially like free listings on the knot and wedding wire, uh, Thumbtack. Like these are your brides, your sub 1500 brides, which is a huge market, by the way. Big market. Um, if I can figure out a way to do it efficiently, I can, you can make bank off those people. people that are looking to essentially spend, you know, $10,000 on their wedding, $15,000 on their wedding, uh, which is not laughable by the way, but like, no, no. it's really, a lot of them aren't even going to get a wedding filmmaker. No, just, no. The most of them don't the like wedding films are the luxury to right. them, but we don't have a lot of experience there. That is a market. Yep. If you're doing great in that market. Awesome. Yep. I think where we start to pick up some experience is like people who are looking to spend two grand plus yep. two grand to maybe four, two grand to 3,500, depending on where you live in your region. And, and like, those folks, that's, that's the type of client that we'll talk about first. Yeah. That's it. This is going to be your country club ballroom wedding, right? Yeah. Like that barn wedding, depending on where you live. Sure. These are weddings where you'll probably talk to the groom or the bride directly. They probably won't have a planner. They may have a day of coordinator from the venue. Um, you will either get a lead. Probably you'll be from the planner. Maybe the lead is from a venue where like it's like a golf club you work at a lot or a campground or a place that, you know, th these are weddings that I are typically, you're probably looking at like 20 grand max spend for the entire event. Um, I would say where we are, it's even 30, 35. Yeah, 32 is our average yeah. in our area. Yeah. Um, we're a very high priced this area is your, though. This is your average kind of normal-ish wedding. Yes, right? yes, and they can actually be very nice but you're just not working with the full team and there's not all the crazy decor and you end up having to talk directly to a customer for the most part. We get a solid amount of these, Jared. 
Um, in your opinion, are we closing a lot of these? Or are these the people that were typically um, moving into Merriment films? Yeah, that that's our Merriment film where we kind of rack up a lot of work is going to be, you know, really straightforward. Like we're usually we're talking to the bride and groom. They're filling out all the information. We're not talking to wedding planner at all. Um, pretty straightforward storyline. Like they're not looking to have you film the day before or do really a lot of things creative. Um, it's just straightforward event coverage that make it, you know, you're going to make it look pretty. Yeah. And they're probably more likely to ask you for like, can you do an interview or can you do a long edit or the things that are more like traditional and old school when it comes to weddings. The other thing I was going to ask you is, um, so if you haven't sold a lot of planners, you're listening to this and you haven't worked with planners a lot. Um, sometimes these sales can be remarkably easy. Like it can literally be like, Oh, I need you for this date. Can you do it? And like, literally you don't talk to the client, you just sell it. These types of weddings that we're talking about here are very different. So when you're selling to this client, tell us a little bit about kind of how does this sales site, like, first of all, where are these couples coming from? How are they finding you? Is it different than maybe some of these other people? And then what's that sales process like? Yeah, sure. Um, I think a lot of these people are going to be some pay to play. They're going to potentially find you on Instagram, or maybe you have like a not profile that you pay for. Um, I find that those people want to spend a little bit of money. They know they're not gonna, they don't want someone from Craigslist. So they know they're gonna have to spend a little bit of money, um, but maybe they're not expecting to spend $4,000, even $3,000. Yeah. So you go into the, these conversations, having to do a little bit of selling, having to say, no, I don't offer a discount because your mom's a nurse. You know, no, like they're, they're just My great grandpa shopping. Pearl Harbor can. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to be price shopping and you should expect them to be price. Price shopping. is important to this group of people. Yes. It, 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 and, and I don't like calling them budget brides. Cause if you're spending like $2,500 on a piece of art, like no weddings are budget it's anymore. Not budget. It's not, it's <laughs> not, but a budget bride. they aren't, um, that they're not luxury people who literally are just spending money. Right. They want the money to make sure it's important for them that their investment goes as far as possible right. that I find. Yep. I also find that, um, these people are a little more high maintenance often because they are nervous about the money. They've never spent this much money. They yep. sometimes are stretching on 20 other things in the wedding. Um, they're paying for it all by themselves. They don't have daddy's bank account just opened up to them. So like the empathy side is important on our end, which is like trying to understand where they're coming from and not treating them like peons right. who right. can barely afford it, but trying to figure out how this is what I can do for you is the language we use a lot. Right. We try not to say no. We try to right. always speak in t- positive terms. So this is the, I think the trap when you're trying to get leads in this kind of country club, uh, ballroom wedding, um, group and, and, and event, um, is a lot of people here are like, Hey, I'm not making that much money shooting these weddings. I'm, I'm maybe making $2,000 and I'm, I have 10 weddings in the year. That's like $20,000 in the year, uh, that I'm collecting. I don't have enough money. I have to buy camera equipment, all this stuff. I don't have money for, you know, pay to play marketing when really like this group is probably the most successful in that play, pay to play market. So I think a lot of people are like, maybe I have a Google ad out there or like a free listing on the knot. I would say if you're trying to get leads in this group and you're maybe like $1,500 and you're trying to get, you know, yourself. And by the way, I would say you should be trying to get 30 to 40 weddings if you're in this you know, kind of yeah, tier. If you're in this tier, you, you should just be trying to work your ass off. Like you should be 
killing yourself <laughs> like you to, here you should be editing because this is where you're going to get good you're going to learn how to deal with people you're going to have to deal with a bunch of different types of scenarios and, and circumstances um you are going to have to they're real events so they actually up. have schedules they're not like right. people in the backyard drinking beers right like you you might work with some real photographers along the way here you're going to yep. work with it is important and to 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 treat it like and it's not just a training ground for some of you like you could start a business doing 200 of these right in, a, in my opinion this market is the easiest market to get leads for right it's kind of hard to sell and if you stay too long and you want to sure. get out you might it might be a little bit of a trap yep but if you have good work and and you know it's up on your website you have a presentable website and you're doing a little bit of paid marketing you'll get leads here. You will get a lot of leads here. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you have a good social media account, because price is so to, important to these people, they're asking lots of vendors. Yep. yep. And so I, I will say this, the other thing just with this group is educating them on not so much why they want a wedding film. Um, you can do that, of course, but why you are better than your competition is really important because they're making a lot of decisions that, cause they're like, they're either deciding like, oh, I'm gonna stretch mm -hmm. and buy you, mm -hmm. or they're like um, picking between two similar priced people. So they wanna know like- The oh, Craigslist I'm... guy with the DV camera. Or <laughs> even Sony just two DV. local guys that are all charging two grand. Like, yeah. It's not just like, they don't have a trusted advisor, like mm -hmm. a wedding planner can say, this person's great to work with. Yeah. So they need to know like, what am I gonna get out of you? So deliverables are really important. If you're in this market and you can throw something in, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Like, yeah. so the next market, that we always talk about is the high-end market. And this, first of all, it's very dependent on where you live. Mm -hmm. You know, for us, I would say it's like four grand plus. As far in as- In New England. Right. Um, it's probably your wedding that's, um, you know, 150 to $200,000 weddings, would you say? 100,000 weddings? I would say even $80,000. 80,000? 80,000, but like, you know, it can go from 80,000 to quarter million and you're in the sure. same customer base. Sure. Yep. Same people. And we're talking like professionals. Yeah. Doctors, lawyers, people with college educated people. Um, you might get some borderline luxury weddings in this market. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be doing probably a, a lot of planner weddings. I would say for us, it's mostly planner weddings and where, where, where we're doing, but a lot of weddings that are not planners. A lot of them that have coordinators from the events. Almost nothing we're shooting in this part of the market doesn't have anyone to help the bride and groom with the schedule and the day and, and helping them just put on the day. So yeah. you're dealing with people who maybe are a little more focused on themselves during the day and not focused on like, oh, I gotta stop, I gotta go make sure this thing's running, like yeah. the way those other weddings can be. I, I would actually say this range, you're probably looking at 50% wedding planner, 50% wedding coordinator, you know, um, slash wedding planner potentially. Um, but like, I, I would say, yeah, you're not even in that, you know, you're, you're breaking into the wedding planner market, which is yeah. a good place to be. Um, but you can still get a lot of work by just doing straight B2C. Um, people that are talking to the venue and the venue can, you know, relate, you know, uh, relay people your way. Yeah, you're talking high-end venues, yep. whether it be five-star hotels right. or very, or like places in the, for us, it's like certain places in the Cape or Newport. Yep. And then high-end planners who maybe are looking for, oh, my couple doesn't want to spend 20 grand on booking this super high-end filmmaker, but they want to film. Mm -hmm. So you're working with, you're a trusted, you know, vendor of a high-end planner. 
um, which is a great place to be because they have all kinds of leads. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this customer a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I think you're really talking to two customers primarily in this market. You're having, you know, the bride or the bride's family or groom, but usually bride or the planner directly. Some, I think less so the planner here, even though the planner is going to might initially contact you, you're eventually going to have to go through the, the couple. Um, but you do go th directly through the, 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 like there are plenty of times where a planner will reach out and say, do you have this day open? Send me a contract. Yep. That happens a lot in this market too, but mainly it's a traditional sales cycle. So you're getting on the phone with this bride, Jared, or groom, um, or both, I guess. And you're getting on the phone with them. What is interesting, like when you're talking to this person, what's most important to this person versus, you know, we talked about price and deliverables at the other market. What are these people, what's important to them? Yeah, I think that you, they're going to like you. Um, I think you're going to make their life easier. It's going to be pretty turnkey. It's going to be, you know, price is still important to, to people, I think. Um, but the good thing about this kind of market is it's, um, upsellable <laughs> is that yeah. a word um there's more money there than they even present there's sometimes. more money so if you do maybe a little bit of um education but maybe like vision casting and and um maybe you can see a lot of upsells here which is great you know so i think a la carte menu is uh is pretty valuable in this kind of marketplace where you can be like here are our packages here's our a la carte menu so if you want to add you can add on later you can add on before the wedding like i think that's kind of a place that you can be from a sales cycle um, and sales perspective. Um, but yeah, those people are just looking for someone who's professional, who does a good job, who's honestly not going to bother them a whole lot. Yeah. I feel like this four to eight realm, maybe four to 10, you know, which seems like a big number, but mm -hmm. it is really the same type of person. Yep. This person is the most interested in, do I like your vibe? Mm -hmm. Then the other people, you know, maybe they want to be close friends with you or whatever, but ultimately if you're too expensive, they're not going to buy you. These folks might make a decision based on like, oh, I really enjoyed Jared on the phone when I'm choosing between two people. And like they they might pick you at six versus someone else at 4,500 just because they like your vibe and they felt like you were understanding where they were coming from versus, um, and even at the high, high in the luxury market, there are times you don't even talk to the couple mm -hmm. yeah. at all. Yeah. So I feel like this is, for, if you're like a person who really does well on the phone, really does well with like personal kind of relationship building, especially with the client, you might love this market. This might mm -hmm. be your sweet spot. Yep. And there's good money to be had here. Yep. So w the leads here are probably gonna be a mix. They're probably gonna be, you know, a little bit of a vendor referral. I think there's um, a little bit of pay to play here. Uh, but a good referral goes a lot longer in this kind of um, uh, price range. By pay to play, you mean a little bit of paid leads. A little bit of paid leads, yeah. Um, and by that, we mean paid, paid not paid profiles, market. maybe paying for a boosted post on Facebook. Right. Like you, you're going to see some return there. But for the most part, you know, the word of the people that they've already hired, like you got to remember, like we're, we're kind of lower on the totem pole as wedding filmmakers. We're after the venue. We're after the caterer. We're at, usually right around the band, but we're after the we're, photographer. We're picking the meat off the bones. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the, as Jay likes to say, we're the hyenas. We are the vultures, <laughs> yeah. the hyenas, we're scavengers. Um, but, but, you know, here, 
the vendor referral, the client referrals are going to go a lot longer. Um, so really kind of leaning into that world a little bit more, I think is, is valuable. It's interesting because there's a trusted, there's like the trusted advisor side of the planner. Mm -hmm. And then there's also like, do I like this person? Like right. if you say something like, oh, we're going to stay out of your way. Right. Oh, wow. I don't want this person to be bothering me. I want this experience yep. versus the other person who's like, I want these deliverables. Mm -hmm. The budget person's all about like how many films they get and how long they are and yeah. how much they cost. This person is a lot more about experience and mm -hmm. relationship. Yep. Yep. And, and so let's, let's dive into the, the last market before we dive in. Cause I, I do want to do a, a, a moment where we talk through, like if we were in all of these markets starting out, yeah. what would we do? So luxury, a, first of all, we'll be totally disclosed, like full disclosure. I don't have tons of experience here. We're new to the market. We're starting to experience it in new ways. Um, but regardless you're, you know, and by that you'd probably say like, we probably have four to five weddings that we'll be charging an average of like 10 grand this year. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that, that that's, you know, a, a good place to be. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it and I'm really thrilled with well, the work. Well, some of these are out. planners that we work with at other weddings. Right. So, so right. like, you know, a similar sales cycle. Right. Um, I just got an email from uh, a planner who I know is a really high end luxury planner out of New York city. Does a lot of weddings up here in new England. Um, I know that they have their team for their luxury weddings that they'll hire out for 10, 15, $20,000. I just got an email from her and she was like, Hey, this is a perfect fit for stop, go love. And I was like, great. I know what that means. The luxury person is either booked or this couple doesn't want to spend 10, 15, $20,000 on a wedding film, but my stop, go love product is perfect for them. We're, we're the only kind of turnkey, super easy. The, the high end planners trust high end planner trust. Yes. Yeah. So. This, this luxury world, um, quarter think, million dollar plus weddings, um, total spend, right. You're gonna, I'll give you a very quick cheat sheet to know if you're at a luxury wedding, if they have a planner and a designer, not exclusively, but often, yeah, if you, if they, if the planner is a designer, it's not usually a luxury wedding. Usually mm -hmm. that person has, it can be, there are people that specialize, sure. but in general, like it's all about like the amount of people they're hiring mm -hmm. and the amount of like these epic florals yeah. and all this crazy stuff that goes into it. This market is almost exclusively planner driven. And I'll give you a, an example, we had a p person reach out from, we did this crazy New York, New Year's Eve wedding for Huxley film and person reached out, loved the film. It was a, it was a couple and it was interesting. I was like, oh really weird. This person, high-end luxury wedding, works with a very well-established high-end DC area luxury planner. We knew that this, this, and a couple straight up said it like, hey, they wanted us to work with their people, but we really wanted to find some people. So they're definitely unique. But even they said, we have to ha have a phone call where you meet our planner before we can book you. Yeah. Like the, whether or not the planner gets the lead, it like sends you the lead or whether or not the couple does, the planner is the one who says, I can and will work with this person. They're the they, kingmaker. Yeah, they yeah. put the stamp of approval on the thing. And yep. so that is a really, different experience for a lot of people. Like I was at a wedding the other day. I love the planner. Sweet lady told me not to talk to the client. And if you don't like that, you probably won't like luxury weddings. Well, um, that's one thing we learned at engage is, you know, um, a lot of times, um, 
these planners, they do not want you even having interaction with the couple at all. And and that's something that you'll come and find and be like, well, maybe I don't even want to get into that market. And some of their, some of their couples want it that way. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's why they hire the planner so that they don't have to talk to you. <laughs> and that's, you know, if you're getting paid fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, like that is totally fine by me. Like that in a lot of ways makes it easier. Yeah. Right. Um, but it all depends the product you want to make. So we're but, not experts yeah. here, but our experience is pretty much it's planner driven. Um, and you can build yourself into this market by building your professional contacts. And yeah. so if you're wanting to be in the luxury market, you either need to be so amazing that you can just skip all this, which some of you are, and if you are, awesome. If you just happen to get some crazy Cabo wedding and you literally kill it, you do this amazing job, and then you get lucky and the right person sees you. I'm not saying all these things are just, oh, this is how it always goes. What I am saying is, I wouldn't want to have to be as good as like films by Stanton and shoot this crazy film in Iceland and have to compete with him Yeah. on that because it's a great film. I don't know. He gets a cool couple willing to be cool. Should we talk about uh, elopement type of weddings? <laughs> I think that's like its own island. It's its own <laughs> I mean, island. And honestly, was, like the elopement people, I'm not convinced elopement couples have tons of money or that they're a reliable market you can build around. Like, right. yeah, there's probably some hipster couple that wants to go smoke peyote and take you in the middle of the <laughs> desert and freaking like run around with just you and them and like lay in their lingerie and kiss in the dust. Like, I'm sure that couple exists. And they want to pay Henry Martin's twenty-five grand to go hang out with them. Uh, good luck reproducing that result. Like, we're and just, I would say if you are trying to do that, it's a super tight market, and then you are com competing with Stanton, and you're competing with uh, Henry, and you're competing with you know top-tier people that are already there, already established. You're talking. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll add this customer. I'll add you this high-end luxury customer who doesn't care about weddings but wants an amazing film. Yeah. That's this little tiny group of people, and these right. people are apparently rich. Yeah. So they're rich, but they and they love art, but they also want a wedding film. Yeah. Which is just like it's such a small amount of people. Yep. It's not a normal sales, which is why we just don't talk about it. Because yeah, every once in a while you'll find this person. That's the person who calls us about that DC wedding. We would say that is a niche and we're not into a niche podcast. Well, I guess we are because wedding filmmaking wedding film is small enough of a small niche. Enough of a niche. Yeah. Well, um, why make it more niche is my thing. Yeah. So anyways, let's talk about all these, um, these three different tiers that we've um, kind of gone through and kind of recap. Like if we're in this market, what are we doing to generate more yes because this is about lead generation right so if you're in and like i said we're kind of skipping the craigslist people but they exist and you can go on craigslist yeah. if you want to get more leads for craigslist yeah. but um i would say if you're in that um barn country club wedding i would say like first tier that we're talking about today for us um of course referrals of course, client referrals, that's a big one. Vendor referrals um, can be a big one. But in general, we, we think the not and a lot of these um, paid lead, source, lead sources work really well. Instagram can work as well. Um, we've had success in the, we haven't done one in a very long time, mm -hmm. but we had success at wedding shows, just places where you can get in front of people who are shopping. Yep, yep. I, I definitely agree that the pay, uh, paid marketing is a great place to be. 
um, you know, we should do like a separate podcast or, or, or video on, you know, how to set yourself up and, and some tips that, you know, I've seen success in because we've done it. We've booked plenty of weddings, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on these sites. Um, so definitely paying for a little bit of marketing, even if it's just like on Instagram. Guys, Facebook like ad, yeah. Facebook ad. Um, you know, wherever your your people are, uh, pay a little bit of money, even if you're not making, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of I dollars. I would just say... Think about two hundred dollars per lead, per closed lead. Sure. And that is a good budget. Say you want to do twenty-five weddings, spending like th two grand, yep. three, four grand wouldn't be crazy. Yep. And then the other thing, like Jason said, is developing your um, uh, referral base. So digging a little bit deeper there, I, I think in this world, guys, like how easy is it to be an advocate to a photographer on a wedding day like that honestly if you're easy to get along with you're already you're already two steps ahead of most videographers in your field yes. like getting well, especially at that price point aim to get photographer referrals if you're not doing that if you're making this photographer's mm -hmm. life a living hell you're just giving away your most valuable lead source we already talked about how valuable your referrals are photographers literally built our business like, well, and also like, who cares if they're jerks or like, I work with photographers all the time who are firing flash off every five seconds, ruining all my shots. And I have a private conversation with my team. I say, these people are going to ruin our shots. This is how we have to shoot today right. to the person. I'm, how you doing? Yeah. Oh, you're amazing. Like, yeah. cause I know they're high end in our area. They get paid a lot of money. The planner doesn't give a flip if they're firing flash all day. They're going to care if that person doesn't like me though. Yes. Yes, there's no win at that point. We just delivered a wedding and it was like, they were in this beautiful room, like beautiful natural light, this like estate in Massachusetts. It's this beautiful, like creamy light. It's awesome looking. And the photographer's firing our flash and we're just like, hey, there's literally no way we can get around of it. You know what? That photographer loves us. You know, it's all good because I'm gonna get referrals out of it. And honestly- It's a business. The, 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 the planner or uh, the, the bride and groom, Probably not even gonna notice. So, um, but anyways, also in this you know group, um, vendor referrals. Uh, a lot of these country clubs um, are l maybe a little bit more old school. They probably have a vendor list. Yeah, a vendor so, list. So getting on that vendor list. How do you do that, Jared? How do you get on these vendor lists? Well, don't be an asshole. First of all, uh, if you already take that step of not being an asshole, then you're likely you know <laughs> you're probably already ten steps above most wedding filmmakers. Guys, photographers hate videographers for good reason. For good reason, because literally you ruin their shots, and and so stop. Terrible <laughs> communication skills. When, when I talk about like raising all boats this is a little bit what i mean it's not just about raising prices it's about raising the overall experience that videographers are bringing to the table um so i would say that um just that will get you liked by everyone who's around you and if like by the way the photographer will also talk to the venue and be if the photographer's on that vendor list be like i like working with this person um that goes a long way so just being likable guys is a big step getting on those lists also giving deliverables to these people for their social media is huge. If you only are shooting 10 weddings a year, there's no excuse for you not to be creating vertical content for these people that they can put out on, you know, Friday of that week. That's the first thing you should be aiming to, to tackle in my opinion, um, because you're just going to create that client and vendor referral list. So that's that area. That's probably what I would well, and start that, and focusing that's a good, on. That's a good training for, um, getting to that next level. 
which is like, sure. you know, how can I play nice with others? That's all about your professional network. Yeah. Um, so I would say when I think about that, that group, I, I do think it's all about having, um, having like really well organized offerings on your website. So this, this person's coming from the not whatever paid source you have, their, their cousin suggested you, all the places they come. And when they hit your site, before they become a lead, before they fill that form out, a lot of them are gonna be looking at your prices and they're gonna be looking at your packages and, and others too. They're probably on three or four other filmmakers' websites. And so you can win or lose leads based on how effective you are communicating, what am I gonna get? If I buy this, how, how many films do I get? Well, how long are they? Do you have examples? Like th this is a group of people that really appreciates having whatever it is that they're gonna get very easy to understand. So when they get on the phone with you, um, if no one's ever asking you a question like, what did this mean? Oh what, oh, what about adding drone? Like they're not asking you any of the questions that help you um, propel this conversation forward. You probably have not communicated very clearly with them. Like a luxury client might be like, eh, like they almost never talk to us about deliverables. That's probably true. Yeah. Like these people want to know what am I going to get? Sure. Do I get a 60 minute film, a 10 minute film, a two minute film? Sure. I want this. I want that. I want this. So like communicating deliverables is really important to these people. And it's really the difference between for some of them filling your form out or not. So let's talk about higher end weddings. Uh, hello. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about high-end weddings because yeah. um, that's, I think, where a lot of people are trying to make that transition. Or they're there already. The country club wedding to the luxury wedding. Or, yeah, they're there already. Um, I think this is where referrals just go that much farther. Um, I think it's not necessarily going to be something that everyone is going to uh, go on the not.com and they're not going to be trying to, you know, book you through there. Um, so I think in general, um, we really lean on our referrals here. Um, a lot of these venues, if you get to this point, they're probably not going to have a vendor list, um, at least something that they're giving out to all their clients. Well, because they're going to be saying it to them in a consultation, like, hey, if they ask, hey, do you have any videographers? Oh, get a hold of Stop Go Love. We have that. At Here's why they don't go venues. as far in this market, too. Yeah. Ven vendor venue referrals don't go as far in this market because many of them are working with planners at this point. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting married at the Four Seasons, you might get, we love Gabby at the Four Seasons, one Dalton. She's amazing, but oftentimes she's not the decision maker. Mm -hmm. She's working with the planner. Yes. And so like, yeah, technically we do get some referrals from Gabby herself. When they don't have a planner, that does happen sometimes. But in general, these higher end venues whether it be a five-star hotel or just high-end kind of places, um, there's such a mix of planners and 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 just direct to the venue themselves that it's not good enough to only get on the venues list mm -hmm. because that means you actually won't get the best weddings that are there. Yeah. Because the best weddings at the Four Seasons or some the Mountaintop Inn or wherever you want to shoot, the best weddings have someone doing amazing florals. Mm -hmm. That's the best for your portfolio. They're the most high paying clients. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, you can't, maybe on the early market, when you're first starting out, if you're on the country club's vendor list, that might be as far as that couple ever goes. Mm -hmm. Who works here? Oh, this guy? Okay, great. This point, it's a different game. So you gotta be kind of everywhere. This is actually like, in terms of 
selling, I think the hardest group of people, like you have to do a lot, you have to be in a lot of places. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It's the full package tier, right? You have to have a good Instagram, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, cause the planner's gonna look at that and be like, why do they only have 125 followers? I don't like, I can't refer this to They're my too client. New. They're too new or, or what does that say? Like, and planners are looking for that stuff. And you know what? A lot of planners have been around for a long time, like 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so they know the game a lot better than you. Um, so you have to be the whole package. You have to show like, Hey, I have experience and I'm smart. Um, you know, I think, but, but at the end of the day, you have to have the whole package here. Branding. Branding. I would probably say, you know, in this tier, um, it's not completely dead that you would get a paid lead here. Um, we book a lot of, I, I just booked an $8,000 wedding here from the knot.com. So anyone, anyone who says the knot does not pay or have high end brides, I would challenge that all day long because I book a lot of them. Yeah. We um, book a ton of five grand plus weddings from the knot all right, the time. Right. You know, so, and, and that might be region specific and we do have a certain strategy, which sure. we can talk about another time, but, yep. but in general, you know, they, there are paid leads to be had yep. in this market, but also there's a lot of referrals yep. and then there, it's just a, you kind of got to be everywhere. You got to do everything. So yep. I, so a planner calls you in this marketplace, that's one sales call, you know, a couple calls you Jared in this marketplace. How is that kind of call going? That might be different than maybe the budget couple. Um, first of all, I mean, I'm not keeping track of how long I'm on the phone with them. I don't care how many times I have to email them. Like I'm giving them a lot of my time and effort. Um, in that kind of lower tier, I'm kind of like, take it or leave it with some people. I'm like, if they start asking a lot of questions, honestly, it starts annoying me. And I'm like, you know, like, Hey, like, look, if you have a lot of COVID questions, I'm like pretty much you're a huge red flag. And I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be talking to you for very long because, because you scare me because you think that you can just cancel your wedding. Uh, but if I'm working with a planner and she has a lot of COVID questions, I'm like, let me dive in and answer your questions because, because you know, it's going to be a win. And, and most of the time I know that the planner doesn't care as much, as much as the planner cares about informing her couple because the couple cares, you know? So just equipping the planner with doing, you know, a good job of, of, you know, um, conveying my services to them. Um, you know, the real, the whole value is I'm getting a relationship with this planner. Like mm -hmm. that, that is everything. So well, like, they're the only person who you can sell three weddings a year to you yeah. can't sell it to the couples. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and also over the course of a lifetime, I mean, these contacts can be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, we worked with some people, 20, 30 weddings, sure. some planners, yep. so many weddings, yep. you know, so that's, you know, I, I think, um, a combo kind of tier, um, a, a combo of ways that you can get it, but really focusing on your relationships is that tier. And that's why I think this kind of level, um, takes years to build up. Um, those kind of relationships. It might be something where you just click with a planner, you get to work with them once, and you're able to, you know, go from that country club wedding to a high-end wedding because you worked with a planner. You, but, but how many chances do you get to work with a planner if you're working at a country club wedding? Probably not a lot. You probably have to work your way up, get some paid leads, get to a super nice venue, and then there's a planner there you've never worked with. They're asking you a lot of questions. It might be new to you that they're asking you a lot of questions, um, you know, they're going to ask you about your drone insurance, you know, your COI, just getting back to the planner fast and proving that, Hey, I know how to be here. I'm a professional. 
that's where you have to live. Like that is now your job. Yeah, these you people can't get annoyed at these planners, guys. Like no. they can be really annoying. <laughs> like the planners can be annoying. And how many questions they're going to ask you? They're going to ask you what kind of like food you want a year and a half ahead of time. You're like, I, and then uh, they won't even give it to you. And then they won't give it to you. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things, you know, that that is annoying. The planner is going to ask you how many people are you going to have their day of. Like they're never going to. You know, they're just doing due diligence. Make it super easy to book you there. That is now your job. Yeah. So. The, 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 the negative side here is sometimes you got to talk to the planner, the couple, the couple's parents. Yep. This, is a, this is a market that like you can honestly destroy your competition just by talking to people and yep. being communicative. So yep. you can see it as a negative. Like, oh, I got to talk to these people. Just know that a lot of your competitors won't. Yep. A lot of them will screw up here with yep. communication. The last thing is the luxury market. Which will probably be pretty short. <laughs> yeah, because we're not experts at all. But yeah. I can speak from not just my experience, but the experience of many of the people I know very yeah. well, asking them a lot of questions here. And so I can tell you what we know. A, this is, if the planner doesn't like you, you're probably not getting booked. In a lot of cases, I mean, the planner is the only person that's booking you. Pretty like, much. If, like they're gonna, the if you're charging 10 grand plus, I think 95% of the time you're working with the planner exclusively. You might not even talk to the bride and groom before the wedding. Yeah. Like, and many of you will, like I said, there's always like the artsy fartsy guy who sure. made a film, like some crazy weird film. And, and they find a couple who just values what they do at that price point. Um, so that exists. You might be able to get into that market where you're such a unique product that you're working with couples who are willing to spend 12 grand on your film and they don't even, you're the highest paid thing in their wedding and whatever. We're talking about a business which requires lots and lots of people to, and repeatable processes. And for us, what a repeatable process here is, you know, we've just started going to Engage, which is high-end planners event, but figuring out how do I get around people who have the clients I want, which is what we always do. Whenever we try to get into a market, we say, where are those clients? How do they make decisions? This market, the clients make decisions, and the client's really the planner, pretty much. They make decisions based on, do they like you? How does it make them look to book you? Like exclusivity. Um, of course, the product that you have does matter. There's a lot of things in there though, like the exclusivity and the trust factor need to be there. Yep. Versus like down on the other thing, it's like if you have a good product and the person likes you, that might be good enough. Here, you could have a good product, they could like you, and then they're like, yeah, but you're not like big enough. You can't necessarily work in this. Or market. you don't charge enough. You don't charge enough. <laughs> There's or, a lot of things. Or you don't have enough. Like, I don't want my couple, I don't want to send my couple you and they look at you and then they look at Henry Martins and they're like, this guy is way more followers. He's charging a lot more money. What the heck is wrong with that guy? Yeah. Right. You would never really have that conversation outside of this market. Mm -hmm. So what we do know is you have to get around the planners. They have to like you. And it's all about building trust. It's all about building trust. And that means if you happen to work a wedding, you might work a wedding where you're not necessarily the high-end luxury vendor, but the planner is a high-end luxury planner and the couple just didn't really care about filmmaking. In our experience, that's been how we've been working our way into the luxury market, is we have a few opportunities a year to work on these events. And when we do, we try to kill it try to build a portfolio that looks luxury. We try to present luxury on our branding. Um, but we also are, I'm not just looking at the event the day of, I'm looking at the planner's Instagram and I'm like, oh, this person does a lot of destination. 
oh, they work in this, they did this huge mega wedding. Mm -hmm. They did this, they did this, they're oh, they, that's, and, and so I'm like, this is my way into luxury. Yeah. This designer, this planner, and, this and photographer. Everything that I have gathered and, and having conversations with planners and being a part of workshops with planners is, you know, they do want to provide their client with options. You know, they're going to provide them with a $40,000 videographer, a $20,000 videographer, and a 10000 videographer sometimes. You know, and, and sometimes the client will be like, yeah, like I just need this pretty basic. Sometimes they reach top shelf. Um, so I think that's a way that you can break in. Um, you know, they don't want you to be too cheap. So how do you find that out? I think is, is a question is like, I think if you have a good relationship with a high end planner, obviously ask them, be like, Hey, I want to do more of these types of weddings. Um, these are my packages. Is that too low? You know, in what case would you pick? my film we ask planners all the time alex about, douglas yeah and, and frankly i think having a candid conversation with your planners that way is um a way to gain trust um so they can be helpful to you because i think a lot of planners themselves are trying to work their way up and and get more weddings and um they want to work with people that are hungry so be hungry so um speaking of which um I actually have a lead that I have to talk on the phone with. So let's wrap this shit up, huh? Yeah. So hopefully this was helpful to you um, because we were just kind of brain dumping on really a, a little bit sales kind of funnel things, which is just, you know, you need a sales funnel. You need, you, and it needs to be a lot bigger at the top than it is at the bottom where you're actually closing the lead. I think hopefully some of you guys have come to the conclusion that like, geez, I need more leads and maybe I should consider a couple of different things. Hopefully also you've kind of thought through who am I talking to? And I do want to be really clear on one thing. Luxury is not necessarily better. It's just about building the right business. That's good for you. You could, the good thing about any market is like, there's an opportunity to make a lot of money in all of them. You just might have to think in different ways. Like I said, we look at this in a lot of different ways. We don't really consider our Huxley leads to be better than our Merriman leads. We just have a different process for them all. Yep. You know, we spend less time making a Merriman film. That's why it costs less money. Yep. But at the end of the day, I'm happy to get both. Guys, hopefully this episode has been great for you um, and has inspired you to uh, take a look at what your lead generation is doing for you. Uh, follow the Wedding Film School Facebook group to see all the different conversations that we're having right now. Follow us on Instagram, because uh, that's where we're putting out a lot of uh, content, announcements, all that kind of fun stuff as well. And follow us on YouTube, because that's where we're gonna be producing a lot of behind the scenes content, as well as gear reviews, all that fun stuff. Uh, and keep a uh, tuned ear, as Jay said earlier, uh, to uh, find out more about Wedding Film School in Vegas, coming up uh, the end of February, beginning of March, WPPI. Be there. We'll see you then.